the optimal life. Welcome, Arresti. How are you? Good. Thank you. And uh, thank you for having me on today as a guest. Yeah. Thank you for being here. So how did you get into the, the ministry? I know you've, you've had quite a, a lengthy background and doing different things in business, but what, what made you want to get into the ministry? Well, you know, as so many people do, uh, I'm in the business of helping people, and, and it comes in different phases. One of the one of the phases is helping people spiritually. So I, I became an interfaith minister uh, now going on 20 years. Uh, my background is Catholic, but as an interfaith minister, and what an interfaith minister is, is really uh, helping people of all faiths. So you're willing to marry a Catholic and a Muslim, for example? Uh, well, I have, yes. It's funny you should bring that example. I have married uh, a Muslim to a non-Muslim before, and Catholics to Jewish. You know, pick the combinations. I think I've married just about all different types of combinations. I've married well over 100 couples so far. So what goes into that? Uh, when you have two people coming from different religious backgrounds— when you're sitting down with these folks, uh, is there a standard template of, of things that you go over to make sure everyone's comfortable? Well, it, it's really up to the couples. You know, some couples, it really depends to what degree they are uh, holding to their main faiths. Some couples tend to be more relaxed. Other couples tend to be more strict uh, with certain types of marriages I may call in the uh, the religious figure of their background, for instance, in the Muslim community, it would be an iman. In the Jewish community, it would be a rabbi. And sometimes we'll do uh, a, a wedding with both officiants there, myself as the interfaith and the uh, other party based on their background. And unfortunately or unfortunately, in today's day and age, many people are, are not strict holding to their respective uh, religious backgrounds. Mm. Yeah, I got I got to imagine though there has to be those times where the the families might not be thrilled. They're coming from maybe a very extreme state of mind. How do you have you ever had to deal with that? Where obviously you're there for the the husband and the wife, the people that are getting married, whoever it is. But have you had to deal with some of those extra background noise family dynamics? And if so, how have you handled it? Well, yeah, I mean, obviously, especially people coming from different countries, uh, my main responsibility as the, as the minister is to the couple being married in front of me. If if they like me to speak to their families, uh, I have and I do, and, and I try to really help them understand that at the end of the day, we're all God's children, even though we may come from various religious faiths, and that this new marriage is being consecrated by people from two different faiths. So it's really about the marriage and uh, the loving relationship with uh, the couple and with uh, God, the Almighty, the Creator. Absolutely. So what caught my eye is that you uh, released this book. I didn't get a chance to say goodbye. Now what can I do? And uh, a lot of people lost loved ones during the pandemic, especially where they really didn't get a chance to say goodbye. There, Somebody would be get sick and they would either die suddenly or maybe they would go into a hospital and the hospitals wouldn't allow access to the family and a whole host of other things. So uh, uh, talk to us a little bit about that. Um, when somebody, let's start with the people that have lost loved ones during the pandemic. How do you help those people cope with the reality that they didn't have those last moments, those last days to say goodbye to their loved one? 
Well, that, that's the main reason why I wrote the book. And really, the, the ability to say goodbye is, is, just, is it's just natural. Obviously, when we come into the world, we're saying hello, so to speak, to our loved ones because they're there at, at the inception. And to go full circle, we should be saying goodbye to them uh, when they transition to the other side. Um, realistically, what I've done in my book, I've given people exercises to help them get that closure so they could say goodbye. Uh, the book is designed in, in two parts. In the first part, there are exercises to uh, say goodbye to the person. And in the second part, uh, a person can actually do a funeral service so they, they can hopefully get some healing on their, on their journey, on their bereavement journey. And everyone's journey is different, and there is no right or wrong here. It's, uh, it's when you feel that the journey is going towards the end of it, and you've made peace with yourself, and you made peace with your loved ones. Dig into that. Tell us what that means. You said there are those two examples. So let's start with the first one. You're saying that you're teaching people how to say goodbye. Uh, what does what does that look like, Arresti? Well, what what I what I recommend is is writing letters to the person. Uh, all of us are vibrations, so I have people. I suggest to people write letters to the individual, and when they're done writing them, to burn them. Uh, so that the vibration, the essence of the letter goes up to wherever they believe heaven to be or the other side to be. And then when they're done writing the letter to put salt on it, to neutralize the, the energy from it. And what that does, it gives the person the ability to really say what was not said to the loved one who's transitioned. Um, many times it's just not one letter. It could be multiple letters and it could be multiple letters in multiple settings to really get those final words said. Uh, sometimes they're just really words of goodbye. Other times there are other issues that were not resolved or other things that were not said or that should have been said. And that this, that exercise helps them uh, with that part of the closure to, so they can move on with their journey. Because also on the other side, based on my knowledge of the other side, and, and studies, those folks want to get closure too, so they can move on with their journey um, to do what that were their what their soul was meant to do. Are you suggesting that the 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 people that have passed on, you're saying that their spiritual uh, existence is still yearning for closure too from the physical existence uh, here on Earth? Yeah, I, I, I believe they are because what because they left with with business unfinished. So what's happening on the other side is they want to wrap things up as well as the person who needs the closure on this side. So both parties need closure to move on and their respective uh, soul journeys and their respective spiritual journeys. So what ends up happening is that folks on the other side didn't get a chance to to really say what they wanted to say to the other person, good, bad, or indifferent. And conversely, the person on this side who's still here, they didn't get a chance to say their goodbyes, good, bad, or indifferent to the person who's transitioned. So how does the person then here on the physical side, uh, they, they may be able to, what you're saying is get closure. Maybe there was some unfinished business with somebody. They were in a rift or a, a falling out and, and they now they're feeling regret. And it sounds like you're saying, write it down, put it out there, uh, uh, maybe take ownership, apologize, and, uh, and and that's your way to make amends with it. But what? How how does that person then, uh, if the the person that passed on, 
um, kind of owed some apologies as well. How does the, how do we here still on Earth get that closure back from that the other side? Well, there there are various tools, and based on people's spiritual uh, development, where they are, an individual can work with what's called a medium, and a medium is just that the go between between people in this world and the people who have transitioned. And a good medium will help you get that closure because what will happen is the person from the other side will speak through the medium and you'll you'll get the healing that you're supposed to get on this side. Uh, one, of the, one of the famous ones, or I'm, I'm sure many of your listeners might have seen or heard about the Long Island medium, uh, Teresa there, Computo. And the interesting thing is when she does a reading, she really doesn't call it a reading. She calls it a healing. Because what happens is the person who's transitioned is using Teresa Computo to speak the words that need to be said to the person on this side to get that closure and or to help them on their healing journey, their bereavement journey. What is something, a real common theme that you see amongst the people that are struggling that wish they would have had more time? What are they most regretful about uh, in terms of not being able to have said something or shared something with the person that's passed on? Is there a general theme? Well, not really. I mean, they, yeah, there are some basic things, you know, obviously not, not saying I'm sorry enough or not getting closure on open items of, of anger or or, uh, or um, not telling the person they're sorry enough or not telling the person they love them enough. But that they are, as you, I'm sure you're aware and your listeners aren't aware, every family's got their, their own dynamics. Uh, every family's got their own drama, for lack of a better way of saying it. So there, there's those loose ends that need to be closed and wrapped up for both parties to, to really get, get some, some type of closure, um, in, you know, for themselves. And again, every family's got family dynamics that, yeah. um, you know, and and whatever you want to call it, family dynamics, politics, drama, pick the word it'll fit. Every yeah. family's got those those issues that need to be resolved, um, well, good, bad, or indifferent. Give us a little example, if you don't mind. Obviously, you don't need to tell us. Who, not going to tell us who sure. it is, but of of who you've seen. Is there is there like something that you've seen that's been so gut wrenching? Like, man, you know, this one's going to be tough to, for this person. It's going to take some time for this person to heal. Is well, there anything that comes to your mind on on something specific? Yeah, I mean, the classic is the last words the, both parties had together was in a fight. That's the classic one where both parties just really said things they didn't want to say to each other. And those that was the last memory that they have of that individual. And that's the classic one that's really gut-wrenching, that they had a knockout, drag-out fight. It doesn't have to be physical, just could be verbal. And they use words like weapons against one another. And now the other person's transitioned, and there wasn't time to really say, look, I'm really sorry, I didn't mean to do that, and I love you. And uh, that's the really, if you're looking for the classic incident, that's it. And I would say just to double down on that, it's got to be even more horrific and more sad if the one that has passed happens to be the, if the fight was between a parent and a child and the child happens to pass. Ooh, oh, well, yeah, exactly. Kind of I mean, yeah, it, it's, uh, I understand what you're saying. I hate to take these degrees of misery, but uh, it, yeah. it's never a good thing. You know, family is family. The bond between a child and, and, a, and a, 
um, and an adult and a, and a and a parent. It doesn't matter the age. When we you 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 could take logic and throw it out the window when it comes to family dynamics. Uh, well, he was an adult. They were, they were both adults. That means nothing. That really means nothing. When it comes to family dynamics, uh, age is out the window. Logic is out the window. Emotions are emotions. You you feel what you feel. You love who you love. And especially the, the inter-family dynamics. Those are very strong dynamics. Who have you lost in your life that you wish you could have had a chance to say something to? Well, I, I personally lost my, you know, my parents. Uh, I wasn't there when they actually transitioned. And, you know, you, you, you're always wanting to say, I should have, I would have, I could have. I should have said this. I should have said that. So it, it's really difficult when you're not there at the moment of transition. You know, because obviously they were there when you were birthed, and now uh, I wasn't there when they transitioned. So that makes it very difficult and challenging. But it, so it, it, assume- it starts the bereavement journey. Go ahead. Yes, and I assume that you've put those same things into place for your own personal experiences that you're teaching others to do. But was there uh, were there other things besides the writings and besides coming? To, like, what what allowed you to truly come to peace with? Okay. I'm never going to see my parents again. I have to accept it and move on. Was there something in particular? Well, for, for me personally, I, I actually did the exercises and I worked with a medium. Uh, so to me, that that was very helpful in in my personal healing journey. And I actually, even though uh, they did the traditional Catholic ceremony with the church and, and at the gravesite, I was able to, to do mine. Uh, personally, and that gave me actual closure in uh, with my parents, particularly. Mm. So the medium is very helpful, in your opinion. Yeah, I, I think the medium. The, the challenge with working with mediums is like like every other professional, any other service, you have to vet a medium out like you would vet anything else out, and any other person who who gave you a service. And that's the challenge with with working with mediums, and especially in this day and age where you we have access to folks who do mediumship literally around the country, if not around the world, that can help you with this. The only thing I would recommend to you, your listeners is properly vet these folks out. Now, how do you vet them out? Obviously, you know, uh, in this day and age, you want to get, uh, you want to check the reviews. If possible, you want to see if they have some YouTubes. Um, also, if they do any type of public uh, demonstration of their abilities, if you could either be there and or uh, obviously, hopefully, if someone recorded it and put it on YouTube. So you just want to vet these folks out to make sure they feel right for you to work with these folks. And like every other service, you know, I, I usually suggest people uh, use rule of three. If you work with uh, two or three people and it's not for you, then for the chances are it's just not a good fit for you to work with a medium. But if you work with one medium and it didn't go well, then the second medium worked well, then obviously it's a tool in your toolbox on your bereavement journey and on your healing journey. Do you remember Sylvia Brown? Yes, I do. Okay. So one thing when I said, I don't know if she was considered a medium, but she was considered a psychic. And this is 20 years ago and there was no social media. She'd be going on the Montel show, the Phil Donahue, Oprah, the, and, uh, and, and, and everyone thought she was like the the number one thing. And um, I remember she was on one of those shows and uh, one of the girls' moms, there was those girls in Cleveland. I'm here in Cleveland, Ohio. And yes. you'll recall that there was those girls, uh, Ariel Castro, quite a few years ago, uh, had those three girls locked up in his basement for like over a decade. Yes, and, I remember um, that. Yep. 
one of those girls' mothers asked Sylvia Brown on the show, is my daughter alive? And Sylvia told her no. Oh, boy. They believe that that mother died of a uh, broken heart because uh, the sure. mother ended up dying a little bit thereafter. And of, of course, as we know now, the girl actually was alive. Yeah. So, so to your point, make sure you're talking to the right people because <laughs> you don't want to be misled. And something like yeah, that. Yeah, without question. And obviously, when, when we're dealing with metaphysical things and Paris uh, psychology type and things, as you can see, it, it's it's a it's an art and a science, and, and and it's challenging. Also, people have religious beliefs. You know, people will quote the Bible to me, saying that in the Bible you should not go to people who practice these things. And um, the argument I, I give folks is, um, if you believe in a loving God, why would a loving God want his children to suffer and, and not work with these types of folks to get closure? Why, why would a loving God want someone to have a bereavement journey until the end of their days? So it's just the challenge is trying to vet these folks uh, to find the right people that work for you. But in this day and age, with the advent of the Internet and YouTube, you, you have the ability to get a lot of information on reviews and see people in action, and especially if these folks are local to you. Uh, I really encourage uh, people who, if they're interested in this type of thing, and someone is local within, you know, a half hour, hour, or whatever, you know, makes sense in your world, to actually go see these people in action. Usually these folks will do demonstrations or they'll do group uh, work where, where their fee is cheaper, and you could actually go there and get a feeling uh, for the individual and you can get a feeling to see if this individual is right to work with. Oh, perfect. Uh, is that a learned behavior real quick on the media? Can, can mediumship be taught or is this something that's innately born into somebody? It, 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 it is a skill and, and it's under, uh, we all have the, the skills and they, they're called Claire's. Um, and unfortunately you can't hold me to the individual, uh, concepts right now. There's clairaudience where you hear with your ears, clairvisual where you see things. Um, and, and there's a list of about six of them. And some of us are predisposed, um, in certain areas In other ones, these skills can be learned. And with all skills, you have to learn, practice and master. I mean, the classic is I think you know, all mothers have that sixth sense, don't they? When their child is in danger, you know, so it, it is innate, but it can be learned. There are schools uh, around the country uh, and around the world that do, that do teach mediumship. Mm, okay. So you also mentioned in your book, there's a, another piece of it where you, this is, I find very fascinating. And I want to learn more about this is this, uh, is writing your own, what did you say, something about writing the funeral service? Yes. Yeah. What, what, what I did was, you know, we we're all allowed to perform our funeral service. So we, you can write your own funeral service. And what I've done is I've designed a, a template where you could actually deliver your own funeral service, regardless of if the person's there, regardless if you have a place to go to that is a, a cemetery, uh, a mausoleum. You, you can actually do the service, you know, outside in your backyard if you want to. And uh, it, the service is designed to keep what you like and leave the rest. So you, you can deliver that service to the individual if uh, you weren't there at the actual funeral or you weren't there for whatever reason, you can do the service yourself. Mm. Okay. I mean, that, one, one, one does not have to be credentialed. You don't need to be a minister or certified by the state or the government to do a funeral service. Unlike, believe that this unlike helps, a marriage. This me? helps people with this helps people with further closure. Is that what you're saying? 
Yeah, it, it does, because this way, if they weren't there, they, they, this, this is another tool in the toolbox to get closure in, in their bereavement journey. Uh, if you notice, I call it a journey, because everyone heals differently. Everyone's at different places with, with saying goodbye. Everyone's at a different place with getting closure. Uh, closure may come slowly. Closure may come over a period of time. Or they may never get closure. And what I mean by that is, you know, they may not be hurting the way they were in the beginning, but obviously uh, there's always, you know, not saying actual goodbye. There's always, there may be that little bit of closure that remains to be done. But everyone's different. Everyone's different. Everyone's on, a, on their own bereavement journey and healing journey. Rusty, where do we go after we die? Well, it, it really depends on your belief system. It, it is if you if you believe in the concept of the soul is immortal, then we go we transition to the other side and we go and become one with source source energy, and that source energy is also known as God. So it really depends on your belief system. Um, I personally believe in the following: that we're made up of five components. Uh, the first four are pretty straightforward: the physical, which is the body the mental, the mind, the emotions, the emotional heart, and the spirit, which is the life force within us. Obviously, when we die, we're no longer animated, and the spirit leaves us. And the fifth component is the soul. And the soul, I believe, is the interface to God. Because if you want, if you quote the Bible, the passage that reads, I and the Father are one, so that means God resides within us. And I believe the soul is the interface between mankind and the Creator God. Mm. Do you believe you, you? So you believe you'll see your your parents again one day? You guys will be reconnected. We'll be con- we'll be reconnected in spirit. We're not going to be reconnected in the flesh, obviously. But I think we'll be reconnected on the other side in spirit. And then, how do you think that that goes? And when we say connected in spirit, uh, what what does that look like? Is it just a, uh, is that just energies? Uh, well, exactly, exactly. Because what, what, once we die, let's face it, uh, that's why I said the spirit is the life force. The energy within us transitions to the other side, which is the, one of the great mysteries in life. And the energy will recognize the other energy of, of parents and will we'll be together on the other side again. Now, again, it really depends on your belief system. You know, based on my teachings and trainings, we're, we come here in multiple lifetimes until we learn our soul lessons, our life purpose. And once we've learned our soul lesson and life purposes, we tend to transition and stay on the other side and stop coming back down. But until we do what we're supposed to do and learn what we're supposed to learn and do our purposes, we keep on coming back here. And we have what are called life contracts with people. And usually those life contracts are with parents because we we made a, a decision on the other side to come down with them because they came down to teach us something, and we also came down to teach them something. A lot of people lost their way during the pandemic, whether they lost a loved one, they lost a job, they lost friends, they lost families, etc. What are some of the things or, or the teachings and messages that you have for these people to help them get back on track and, and maybe find even a truer calling, a truer purpose for themselves? Well, I understand perfectly what you said that in my other book, Life Beyond the Pandemic, I've addressed that. We're all here for a reason and a purpose. And I think people need to get back to basics and find their true purpose here. 
now that once you find your purpose you'll you'll get on track regarding you'll feel good about being here and you'll understand and you'll find other people who will need you and you will need them and then hopefully you can get back on track with life um so the book life beyond the pandemic gives you those tools and again it starts with the same basic concept the spiritual the emotional, the mental, and the physical. So I take people from the spiritual to the practical, be it get a new job, be it uh, open up your own business. And in this day and age, uh, we, we could do both, or you could uh, work part-time and have your own business part-time. But I think once people get back on track with their purpose they and build their vision of who they are and what they're supposed to do down here, I think life will get easier for them. So we do have our, all of us do have our own callings, uh, but overall, what is the purpose of life? Well, that, that, that's, that's the $10,000 question, isn't it? Well, the purpose of life really is to enjoy it, but come here to do your purpose, your work. Once you find your work, you'll find that life is more enjoyable. Now, it doesn't have to be fancy or grandiose. You, your purpose could be to run a diner. And it's, it's not about you being a, uh, a diner owner or being a cook. Your purpose could be maybe to bring people together, and that's your purpose there. So it doesn't have to be grandiose, uh, as, as, as grandiose as curing cancer. Your purpose could just be to make the world a better place for yourself, for the animals, for the environment. The list goes on and on and on. But we're all here for a purpose. And if we're here for a purpose, if you believe in that logic of thinking, that means there's a place for you. Right. made for you, just for you. So the thing is, the challenge most people have is they don't have the tools to find their purpose. Uh, the challenge is also, unfortunately, is the day-to-day -day grind of making a living, surviving, raising a family, uh, and so on and so forth. But if, if you're willing to put one step in front of the other, plan your work and work your plan, you'll find your true purpose here. Your true purpose could be being a parent. You know, but being a good parent so that your child is the one that cures cancer. But if your act isn't on, on, on track, then how are you going to help your child? So maybe your purpose is to work on yourself so then your child sees you as the role model so they can become the person they're meant to be. So I believe personally we're all here for a reason and a purpose, and, and there's spots made just for you, but you have to have a plan to get there. And that's, the, I think, the bigger issue, especially in modern times. Beautifully said. I didn't get to say goodbye. Now what do I do? Guys, if you uh, want to see, learn more about this, check out the book. We've linked it here in the show notes. Uh, Oresti, I really appreciate this today. Um, besides the book, anywhere online that you want people to go to find you? Well, they, they get a complimentary uh, chapter of both books, uh, the lifebeyondthepandemic.com. They get a complimentary uh, chapter there. And uh, my other website, didn't get, didn't get a chance to say goodbye, which you've linked to, then get a complimentary chapter of that book as well. And then uh, they can learn more about me there and also amazon.com. But there, there's plenty of tools out there for folks to learn and start living their life uh, purpose. It's just the challenges. You, you have to do the work, as we all know. There's no shortcuts.